Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I started to realize that not being an expert isn't a liability, it's a real gift. If we don't know something about ourselves at this point in our life, it's probably because it's uncomfortable to know. If you can die before you die, then you can really live. There's a wisdom at death's door. I thought I was insane, yeah. And I didn't know what to do because there was no internet. I don't know, man, I'm like, I feel like everything is hard. Hey y'all, my name is Kat. I'm a human first and a licensed therapist second. And right now, I'm inviting you into conversations that I hope encourage you to become more curious and less judgmental about yourself, others, and the world around you. Welcome to You Need Therapy. Hi guys, welcome to a new Monday episode of You Need Therapy podcast. This is Kat, I'm the host, and today we're gonna have a nice, cozy solo episode. Now before we get into that, quick reminder that although I am a therapist and this is called Uni Therapy, this podcast does not serve as a replacement or substitute for any actual mental health services. Now today I'm kind of in a way going to bring the vibe down in order to bring it back up, but I'm going to kind of bring the vibe down because we are talking about loneliness, which is something a lot of people really don't like to feel. They don't like to talk about it. They don't like to touch. It's just like, bleh. But something that has been consistent for a very long time, as long as I can remember as a therapist, is when clients come to me, they usually bring a presenting problem. But often what they're really coming to me for is a lack of real connection, a desire for true connection. And they may say, hey, I want to work on my anger or I want to get rid of my eating disorder. But when we get down to things, we are very much talking about behaviors that really revolve around the avoidance of feeling lonely or the attempts to not be lonely. And I say this because 
I have known and, and acknowledged and talked about loneliness being an issue in our culture and, and how our world works for a while. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm necessarily not really doing much about that other than helping the individual people that come to my office. And I read a recent article in Psychology Today that said, this is quoted, loneliness is not a personal problem, but rather a social epidemic interconnected with the history of capitalism and individualism, which might sound like a lot. It might feel really heavy, but it's also very true. This makes a lot of sense. Loneliness is not a experience that anyone would wish upon themselves. And it's something that many people would do anything you told them to in order to feel the opposite, in order to feel social connection. But this explains why none of the tricks or the individual things that people might gain from individual therapy seem to work when solving this larger scale problem. It's not just a them problem. It's a we problem. And it's going to take we or us to fix it. We can't keep putting the work on the one person. Our culture is creating a lot of social issues that we continue to blame on individuals. And then the individuals come looking for solutions, but they themselves can only do so much. They actually alone can't fix the system. And some of you might be aware of this, some not. Some of you might be aware of this, but last week, the Surgeon General put out an advisory on the loneliness epidemic in our country. And if you're like, wait, what does that mean? They put out an advisory. So a Surgeon General's advisory is a public statement that calls the American people's attention to an urgent public health issue to provide recommendations for how it should be addressed. Advisories are reserved for significant public health challenges that require the nation's immediate awareness and action, aka these are reserved for very big deals. And I want to read a little bit of the initial letter that is directly from the Surgeon General. It's pretty long. In the show notes, I'm going to link that Psychology Today article that I referenced above and the Surgeon General advisory. So you can look at the whole thing. It's like a 30 page, maybe in long. I want to say maybe it's actually like 80 pages, 80 page long document. And in it, he has a direct letter. I'm going to read a little bit from that direct letter because there is a lot of things that were super impactful that he said. So I'm taking direct quotes from there, but it's not the whole thing. People began to tell me they felt isolated, invisible, and insignificant. Even when they couldn't put their finger on the word lonely time and time again, people of all ages and socioeconomic backgrounds from every corner of the country would tell me, I have to shoulder all of life's burdens by myself. Or if I disappear tomorrow, nobody would ever notice. It was a light bulb moment for me. Social disconnection was far more common than I had realized. Loneliness is far more than just a bad feeling. It harms both the individual and societal health. It is associated with a greater risk of cardiovascular disease, dementia, stroke, depression, anxiety, and premature death. The mortality impact of being socially disconnected is similar to that caused by smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day, and even greater than that associated with obesity and physical activity. And the harmful consequences of a society that lacks social connection can be felt in our schools, workplaces, and civic organizations, where performance, productivity, and engagement are diminished. Given the profound consequences of loneliness and isolation, we have an opportunity and an obligation to make the same investments in addressing social connection that we have made in addressing tobacco use, obesity, and the addiction crisis. If we fail to do so, we will pay an ever-increasing price in the form of our individual and collective health and well-being and we will continue to splinter and divide until we can no longer stand as a community or a country. 
Instead of coming together to take on the great challenges before us, we will further retreat to our corners, angry, sick, and alone. So that is heavy and it's a lot and it might sound like simple words at the same time if you're paying attention it's not simple he made some really good points that we're going to talk about even further but the fact that feeling a lack of social connection can have a greater harm and and can be a greater risk to your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day is wild to me because you know what I would never do never ever 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 smoke 15 cigarettes a day because I know what that could cause. And so I'm not going to do that. However, I and, and I even see that when I see people smoking, I'm like, I can't believe you would smoke that cigarette knowing that that could do da, 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 da. I have those thoughts. At the same time, I see people that are lonely all the time. And I don't look at that the same way I would look at my life and, and the risks I would be taking if I was smoking cigarettes. Now, I know that smoking cigarettes is a choice and, and loneliness isn't always a choice. But I say that because it just is wild that I don't think the same whoa factor. And I think we need to start doing that. And what is crazy to me, I can only speak to my, for myself. I assume there's other people that feel this way as well, but I can't know that. But I've known about this for a long time. Like I've known, like I said earlier, and the reason I even brought that up, I've known that loneliness has been an issue and it's something I'm constantly working with for a long time. But at the same time, like I'm saying, it doesn't, doesn't always feel like a big deal. And I stumbled upon this advisory. I think it came out the first. I stumbled upon it two weeks after it was out. It's not like I saw this the first day. I stumbled upon it accidentally. Thank God I did. But there's probably people that are listening that, that didn't know it was out. And at this point, it's been out for three weeks. And it, this is a public, a huge public health crisis that he is saying we need to put immediate attention on it now. And again, some of the things that I wrestle with in my head is loneliness can't cause this kind of crisis. I go back to that thinking that has been like indoctrined into us that loneliness is an individual problem. And so if people are lonely, then they're lonely. I put like a period on that sentence. I don't initially think about the side effects of loneliness. If loneliness was a disease, what would the side effects be? I mean, off the top of my head, depression, loss of interest in things, poor work ethic, overindulging, underindulging, apathy, anxiety, poor self-esteem, poor sense of self, poor self-care, poor hygiene. And if we have masses of people that are all experiencing these side effects, we're going to see issues everywhere. We are going to see declines in all kinds of things. So I say all of this, and I even am creating this to be a episode in its own right, because this is a big deal and we have to start treating it like it's a big deal. The question that I have is, do we have space and do we have the attention span or the patience to acknowledge that? And I ask that question because Social issues can be very overwhelming because of the consistency that it takes to address them. And what I mean by that is nothing is going to change about about this without really small changes that seemingly seem insignificant until they become ripple effects. There isn't one solution. There's not one medication. There's not one rule or one thing that we can all do to change this. It's a bunch of smaller things that will then combined over time, shift this crisis. And that idea can feel really defeating for people. So it becomes easier to live in denial than to do the work to not have something we need to deny. But this makes me think of Mike Foster and what he said last week. 
This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This makes me think of Mike Foster and what he said last week and what he shared with us and, and said, at some point, you just get sick and tired of agreeing with your pain. And I'm mixing that with my favorite Margaret Mead quote, where she says, never doubt that a small group of committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And so with those two thoughts, I'm considering all of you people listening, my small group of committed citizens. And I'm personally sick of agreeing with the loneliness epidemic. This doesn't have to be the world that we continue to live in. We do have agency and we have choice. And sometimes we forget that. So obviously, I'm going to talk about today ways that we can shift this. But before we get there, I want to share some more of the information that was in the advisory that felt really important to me. And again, I am going to put this in the notes. I mean, you can Google it, but I'll put it in there so you can just click on it and you can read the thing in its entirety. It's really long, like I said, so you might have to read it in bits and pieces. It's pretty heavy and and deep. But I want to start with how they define loneliness. So in this advisory, they define loneliness as a subjective internal state. It's the distressing experience that results from perceived isolation or an unmet need of, of an individual's preferred and actual experience. And I like that they define this because then they separate it from social isolation. So loneliness would not be the same as social isolation, which is defined as objectively having few social relationships, social roles, groups, memberships, and infrequent social interaction. So loneliness is the subjective internal state, and then social isolation is more that objectively defined, not having those things. So in the letter that I, in the quotes that I read earlier, they kind of touched on this, but they say that loneliness and social isolation increase the risk for premature death by 26% and 29% respectively. Poor or insufficient social connection is associated with the increased risk of disease, including 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. 
which is wild, and it's associated with the increased risk of anxiety, depression, and dementia, and may cause increased susceptibility to viruses and respiratory illnesses, which has been coming up a lot lately of how our mental health is then affecting our immune system. And what is still crazy is people might think, yeah, 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 those wild statistics, but I don't struggle with that, so I'm not really affected by this epidemic. But there's no way, even if you don't struggle with loneliness, which we all at, at times feel lonely, but there's no way that this doesn't affect you because I'm going to read you some more information. Social isolation among older adults alone accounts for an estimated 6.7 billion in excess Medicare spending annually. And beyond direct healthcare spending, loneliness and isolation are associated with lower academic achievement and worse performance at work. In the U.S., stress-related absenteeism attributed to loneliness cost employers an estimated $154 billion annually. That is a huge number, $154 billion. So that means in the U.S., people missing work due to loneliness and the symptoms of that cost employers $154 billion. So there is so much money that is being cost and being used because we have this epidemic. And we're not using that to solve this problem. This is a cost of it. From what I understand, I could be reading that wrong, but that's what I get from it. And that is a huge number. And for people who are like, again, this doesn't affect me. It is. Because let's say you have a job and work somewhere. I'm sure some of these people aren't showing up for work. Maybe you're not paying the cost directly, but are you picking up their work? Are you picking up their slack? Is your job being affected by those people not going to work? Are there budget cuts because of these things? Are things more expensive because of the fact that all of this money is being spent on this? I mean, I'm not a business accounting numbers person. I'm saying all this because there's no way it's not affecting you. You just might not know it. Now, what is also very interesting to me is even the people who are lonely, let alone the people that are like, I'm not lonely, this doesn't bother me, not a big deal. Even the people that are lonely often don't register it as a big deal. Like, oh, I'm, I'm lonely, but I'm fine. I mean, I can hear that from people in my life and even things that I've said, like, yeah, I'm lonely, but whatever, no big deal. I don't have a lot of friends, but it's not a big deal. It is what it is. But what we know from the research is it is a big deal in the feelings that you are having from a lack of connection are affecting you in ways that you might not be paying attention to. And 20% was reported that 20% of individuals who often or always feel lonely or isolated actually recognize it as a problem. So that means 80% are the, "Mm, I mean, whatever, not a big deal. And I think this has something to do with it. One thing we have talked about on several episodes here is how social media has and is affecting our social interactions, including general connection, friendships, and romantic relationships. So apparently, Americans spend an average of six hours per day on digital media. So that's all kinds of digital media. One in three U.S. adults, 18 over, report that they are online almost constantly. And the percentage of teens, 13 to 17, who say they are online almost constantly has doubled since 2015. Also, the percentage of U.S. adults 18 and over who reported using social media, so this is social media, not just digital media, increased from 5% in 2005 to roughly 80% in 2019. And I assume that number has grown because it is 2023 now. Now, several examples of harm from technology. These might not surprise you, but 
it gets rid of in-person engagement and displaces that. It monopolizes our attention when we're with people. It reduces the quality of our interactions because of that. And it diminishes our self-esteem. And that is something that, again, we hear all the time, but are we registering how big of a deal this is? And are we really caring enough to do something about it? And if we look at how cyberbullying is affecting us, oh my gosh, I, like I cannot imagine what life would have been like for me as an adolescent and a teen if social media was a thing when I was growing up. Targets of online harassment report feeling increased levels of loneliness, isolation, and relationship problems, as well as lower self-esteem and trust in others. And what is interesting with this, because that probably doesn't surprise anybody, what's interesting is even the perpetrators of cyberbullying experience weakened emotional bonds with social contacts and deficits and perceived belongingness. So both of these people are suffering. It's not helping anybody. So what do we do? We're getting closer to that. And what's hard about specifically social media, and I'm going to focus on social media for probably the rest of this episode and the advisory goes into all different kinds of places where loneliness is is being suffocated and, and where we can shift that. But what's hard about social media and digital media is in general, they've brought us a lot of benefits, but we don't get and we have not been given user manuals that came with directions on how to use these things or warnings of the side effects. We kind of just were given these things and they've grown and we've been like, learning as we go along, but our ability to adjust to the side effects and to the consequences isn't catching up. We're we're not learning about that. And we're kind of just ignoring those because the benefits have seemed so great. And the awesomeness and funness of that is, in my opinion, starting to get a little bit less awesome and fun because we're realizing that it's costing us so much peace and joy and real happiness. With social media, bullying is easier. Again, we fail to develop those social skills. We're distracted. We're preoccupied. We compare ourselves on such a deep level, a much deeper level than we did before with people, like everyday people around us and people that aren't even people. And comparison has always been a thing that's that's caused strife and self-esteem issues. But I know growing up, I was comparing myself to like magazine pictures and movie stars on TV. I wasn't comparing myself at every second of the day to every single human in my life. I'm having trouble really articulating this because it's so simple, but it's also complex. The people in my life that I was comparing myself to, I got more of an either real view of what their life was like or I didn't know. And so I wasn't comparing. But now with social media, I'm getting a lot of times a fake view of what life is like, a fake view of what people look like because of all the filters and all of that. And I just have too much information about people's lives that I otherwise wouldn't have known about, wouldn't have cared about, and I wouldn't have that to compare to mine. I would just be comparing myself to these people that I didn't think were just like me, like celebrities and movie stars and stuff like that. And I love a blogger. Bloggers are great. I love getting recommendations for things I could use in my home, and I love the decoration tips and the outfit inspo, but I also now am realizing that I spend hours looking at these things and these people, and then I sit and I I wonder, hmm, I don't look like that in that outfit that I bought on Amazon, and dang it, I can't afford that outfit that that person put together, or why can't I just come up with that outfit on my own, or why couldn't I think of that decor idea on my own, or... I mean, same with hair ideas, like my hair can't look like that. And when I do it, it doesn't look like that. And 
dang it, they make that look so easy. And oh, the same with like cooking and and just like not housewife things because I'm not a housewife, but like just homemaker things of I love the ideas and the inspiration and the tips and the recipes. But then I'm also comparing myself of like, why can't I do that? And why is it so hard for me to do that? And this is making me think of a specific influencer who I followed back in the beginning of influencer life. I wouldn't have even known to call her an influencer. And she did it all. She was always put together. She always made it to the gym. Her house was always clean. It was beautiful. Everything was beautiful. Like her style was awesome. I mean, on top of that, every day, this is what really got me. Every day she managed to cook these meals for her family. And they looked easy, but also complex at the same time. And I just was like, how is she doing all of that stuff? Meanwhile, I can manage barely to cook myself a frozen dinner alone, just for me, just for one. That takes 10 minutes. So I eventually clicked the unfollow button and I haven't looked back since, but I also know that I'm following and seeing that stuff from other people. And the reason I unfollowed that person is because I was like, "Ah, this isn't helping me. The tips are no longer helping me. They now are making me question what is wrong with me when really there's nothing wrong with me. That is a business that she is running. Her business is to be an influencer and to show us these things and to do these things. My business is to be a therapist. And so I spend my 40 hours a week or more or less, depending on the week, doing that. She spends it cooking meals for her family and putting together outfits. And I think in my head, oh, she's doing that in her spare time because those are things people do in their spare time. But it's not. And I feel like I'm just like going off on something. And I hope it doesn't sound like I'm preaching. I'm just very passionate about this. And so what I'm getting out here is that we create these narratives that it's just me that can't do these things. And it's just me that can't live my life like that. When the reality is it's not. But because we spend so much time online looking at others, we forget to look at what's in front of us. And on the other hand, the things that are in front of us are a bunch of people that are also trying to emulate those lives that we see online. And so I start to think the people in front of me probably don't want to look at me because I can't keep up with what they're trying to do. And I also can't keep up with what people online are trying to do. And so this thing that is created and was, I mean, social media, it's supposed to be a social thing that we use to socialize. This thing that was created to bring us together is pulling us farther and further and further apart. And I want to read an excerpt from that article that I referenced in the very beginning of this episode. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And I want to read an excerpt from that article that I referenced in the very beginning of this episode. And it's a little lengthy, so stay with me. And again, I'm going to link it because I think reading this on your own, if it strikes a chord, might be helpful. But I'm reading just part of it, and this is what they say. Contemporary society has evolved in a way that actively seeks to suppress humanity's inclination for connection. Much of our worth is assessed at face value as evident on our engagement with dating apps, social media, and professional networks. Often, we enter these online marketplaces with the intent to connect and engage, but the majority of our interactions revolve around our apparent commodification. Falling in sync with the capitalist society, we employ a series of clever marketing schemes. We have become fluent in the language of capitalism based on how we market ourselves to one another. The constant buying and selling of our personhood fuels our loneliness on a number of levels. Rather than looking inwardly to assess our value, we rely heavily on the opinions of others to determine our self-worth. So much of who we are now amounts to what we can offer on the surface instead of what lies on the inside. This is evident based on our desire to satisfy our narcissistic tendencies through convenience and self-gratification. We largely operate on a superficial level, which can make it difficult for us to confront and articulate our feelings. Attraction is largely built on what is visibly appealing, as opposed to the type of person we are, how we conduct ourselves, what we stand for, and how we treat others. We are checking boxes in our pursuit of companionship instead of actively working to understand ourselves and what that may reveal about the people whom we ultimately attract. With so much of our lives reduced to a screen, we have become lazy and foreign to the idea of uncovering what lies beneath the surface. We are resistant to the acknowledging of our feelings and emotions because we are consistently supplementing reality with artificial sensation. We are inundated with virtual reality, representations, and artificial intelligence, which have desensitized us to what comes naturally. Our social networks may be expanding, but our ability to foster social intimacy is virtually non-existent. The highly addictive and all-consuming nature of our technology conditions us to believe that we are connected when we are not. On the surface, we seek a quick fix and pleasure, but deep down, there is a desire to satisfy a hunger for meaning and understanding. This paradox convinces us that surface-level pursuits will result in some type of deeper satisfaction. We are communicating without interacting, which is why we are purely alone in everything. And that was an excerpt from 
an article from Psychology Today called Social Causes of Loneliness, Understanding Loneliness from a Social Perspective. It came out in January of 2023. And I don't know how to say this author's name. And I'm so sorry. I'm going to try to say the last name. Bindamnan. I hope I got that close to right. And I will link that entire article so you guys can read it for yourselves in the show notes. Reading this article, what I immediately thought, what I couldn't help but think about was how it feels like there is a constant stream of stories about young social media stars and TikTok stars specifically who are dying by suicide. It feels like that keeps happening. I don't know if that's just in my awareness of it or if it really is as big of an issue. I think one person dying by suicide is enough to be an issue, but it seems like this is happening a lot with these what seem like huge stars who have all these followers. It feels constant sometimes that this keeps happening and it's wild because these are people who look like they have millions and bajillions of friends, right? Because there is this illusion of connection on social media that we are all buying into that is keeping us more disconnected than ever. So now this finally brings us to where do we go from here? What do we do? Now, the Surgeon General gives a very detailed idea of of ways to help combat these issues in, in a plan. And they look way more deeper. They look at other things other than social media. Social media is something that I think is specifically dear to my heart because I'm I'm on it a lot. I, I understand that. And I have even felt the shifts in friendships and connection and conversations and dating from all of that. So I highly suggest you guys go and look at that full entire document document. But this really brings us back to what I said in the beginning. We individually have to decide to stop agreeing with this pain so we can eventually band together and then our small groups can become a bigger group and a bigger group and a larger group and a massive group. And so it starts with us individually, but then we have to connect to other people with that decision to stop agreeing with this pain of loneliness in our communities. So we have to start to make small changes. I mean, when it comes to social media, it's nothing that you probably haven't thought about, but it's just stuff that seems like, ah, is that really going to matter? I mean, we can put our phones away. We can put our phones in our pockets at dinner. Small changes. Just do it once a day. I know I personally am becoming so addicted to playing certain games and being on social media on my phone that I'm even doing it while I'm watching TV. So I'm taking in one source of media and I'm also supplementing that with another source of media because just one is not enough. When like, what happened when like, we didn't have any of this? I'm double occupied with technology and I completely miss out on being invested in something that I'm doing with somebody because oftentimes I'm with somebody when I'm doing that. I can be with my partner, Patrick, watching a TV show together and at the same time, I'm on social media trying to like, keep up with the Joneses there. It's just wild. So a small change, put the phone away. Put the phone away when I get home, if I'm with somebody, so I can connect with that person. In the advisory, it states that a culture of connection rests on core values of kindness, respect, service, and commitment to one another. Everyone contributes to the collective culture of social connection by regularly practicing these values. And I wanted to read that and and specifically say it because this is something that seems very simple. And I also feel like it kind of might sound cheesy or just like a lot of words that don't really mean anything or or maybe aren't that helpful and just take up space. But I, I feel like it's necessary for them to write that and for me to share this because it is just that simple. It's almost like it's so simple that it's hard, right? 
a culture of connection, if we could embrace these core values, kindness, respect, service, and commitment to one another, we could change the entire social climate that we're in right now. It's that simple, but it's so simple that it's difficult. Now, to create a culture of connection, we have to operate from these values. And that really means that I'm operating from a place where I respect myself and I also respect the people around me enough to make these small, seemingly insignificant changes. So if I think about, oh, me putting my phone away, this is about respecting myself. This is about respecting my friends. This is about respecting the people that would benefit from, it's a, it's a way of respecting and being kind to myself and others. That makes it feel a little different. Just like I talk about with body image in my clients is think about these things that you're doing, getting the right amount of sleep, washing your face at the end of the day, um, going for a walk. It's a way to be kind to yourself. It's a way to respect yourself versus a chore that I have to do. Now, because behaviors are both learned and then they can be reinforced by groups that we're in, right? We gain and we develop and we shift and we change based on the people around us. We can be teachers to our community and our friends. And if that happens, our communities and those things that we have taught then end up becoming teachers to us because they get reinforced because of that ripple effect. And it's kind of cool because then the things that we teach continue to teach us. And this speaks to my conversation with Luke Durham that I had a couple weeks ago on leadership. And we mentioned and we talked about how we're all going to be leaders in our lives at some point, even if we don't recognize ourselves as like, oh, I'm a leader. or I like to be a leader. We're all going to lead in some form or fashion, whether we realize it or not, somebody or something in our lives. And if we lead those observing us with characteristics that bring us closer together versus push us further apart or avoid connection, people are going to pick up on that. But somebody has to start, even when it feels overwhelming and even when it feels pointless, even when it feels like it's not going to matter. If we keep doing it, it's going to matter. And that I think that's what is, I think, sometimes the biggest issue with all of this is the one time doesn't really matter, but we have to have the one time to create the more times that create the thing that matters. So create opportunities to connect big and small in your neighborhood, at work, with your family, at the grocery store. Talk to that overly friendly Trader Joe's cashier, instead of staring at your phone, and I'm speaking to myself when I'm saying this, instead of staring at my phone while I'm being checked out, like engage in the conversation that they're opening us up to. Say yes to opportunities that people open up, even when it's scary, because remember, scary doesn't always mean danger. Sometimes it just means that something's important. And I'm not saying in this say yes idea that we can't have our alone time and we can't say no to things. I fully believe in protecting your space and energy and not overcommitting. I'm just saying maybe we need to start using some of that energy that we spend isolating, not reconnecting with ourselves, isolating, being open to connection. And if you have ideas or things that you have incorporated in your homes or your communities, please let me know. I would love to create a list of ideas to post in show notes and share with you guys because this is a community that can foster connection, but I don't want us to connect just alone. I want that, like you share something with me, then I can share it back with the community. And then you listening to this episode becomes this, that ripple effect where like I'm teaching you, but then you're teaching me and then I get to teach a lot of people. And then through that teaching, you get to be taught as well more. If that makes sense, speaks to that effect that I was saying earlier is if we bring things to people, they're going to catch on to it and then they're going to do it. And then that's in turn going to share more knowledge with us, which feels very chaotic in my brain. So I hope that I set that in a way that made sense to you guys. 
So again, if you have any ideas or things or small things that you've incorporated or loved in your communities, families, friendships, work environments, let me know. I would love to hear them. And we can continue this conversation of how we can connect versus isolate and how we can acknowledge that some of the connection that we're doing is actually creating more disconnection. So we can take little turns that can get us back to that connection that we really all at the core of us need and crave. So I've linked, again, I feel like I've said this 20 times, the article from the Surgeon General and also the article that I read from Psychology Today in the show notes. Please look at those, save them, use them, share them. And my challenge to you guys today, whatever day you're listening to this, is to have one meaningful conversation in person with somebody today. And there is no one size definition of meaningful. It could be a conversation about Vanderpump Rules drama because that stuff is wild to me right now. And I don't even watch that show, but I'm eating it up. Or it could be a conversation about your deepest insecurities and something really vulnerable in that way with somebody. But one meaningful conversation, just one. It can be two minutes. It can be two hours. And see how that might shift what you're feeling or what the people that you have those conversations are feeling. As always, you can reach me, Catherine, at unitherapypodcast.com to share any thoughts, feelings, questions, feedback. You can send in those questions for Couch Talks that I do on the Wednesday episodes where I answer questions that you guys send to me. If you haven't yet, I would love if you would rate and review the podcast wherever you are listening to this. I know you can review it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to follow me, not in a way to avoid connecting with real people. I mean, I am a real person, but people in the real world, in the flesh. And today I'm not going to share my social media handles with you in the vein of, hey, I'd rather you go call a friend than follow me on social media today. And if you are my friend and you have my phone number, then you can call me (laughs) and I can be your meaningful conversation because I'm always up for those. Um, I hope you guys are having the day you need to have and I will be back with you guys on Wednesday for Couch Talks. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.